When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. It's really easy to use, you guys. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. We have a whole squad that can really hoop and get the job done. We got our way to win. It's simple, simple, simple for us. The first team ever in the 74-year history of the NBA to come back from being down 3-1 twice in the same playoffs. Nuggets down one into Murray. Here we go. Ten seconds. Murray to Jokic. Jokic. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Chicken Nuggets Podcast on Denver Stiffs Podcast Network. Guys, it's been such a sad, sad couple days to be living in Denver, Colorado, especially if the Denver Nuggets are not the only team that you follow here. Nolan Arenado has been dealt. He has been sent to St. Louis Cardinals. <sighs> and the Rockies get pretty much a bunch of guys who could be good players, but um, we're not really sure what kind of players they're going to be. So frustrating to say the least since the rest of that team, aside from what used to be Nolan, Charlie, and Trevor Story, our own very own big three here in Colorado Rockies uh, uniform. Um, yeah, now everybody else on that team is basically the same in the same situation in the sense that they we don't really know what they are. We don't really know, are they going to be great players? We know a couple of the pitchers are good, but we're not sure. And it sucks. It sucks because we want our teams in our... In, Denver to actually desire to win and the Broncos have a ton of fans because of that very reason because the Broncos at least try to win they might make a lot of terrible moves specifically at quarterback but at least they're trying at least they're trying something at least they're not just sitting around doing nothing like I mean it was just the saddest 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 (laughs) Seriously, I could not I mean, I've never even been to a game at Coors Field without Nolan Arenado on third base. I don't even know what that would look like. That's like 
my entire fandom, like as a Rockies fan. It's crazy. Um, obviously, I've now ranted for about two minutes about a player who doesn't play on the Denver Nuggets. That You guys obviously uh, come here for Nuggets content, and I'm really sorry, but it has been, I mean, it's it's been a really rough one. If you love Denver sports and not just the Nuggets, this has affected you too. And so I want to acknowledge that we're all in immense pain right now. This hasn't been the greatest week. It's like literally the only time Denver sports ever get like shined positive or shined any light on. It's always something shitty. Like we do the dumbest deal in baseball. Great. Um, so if there's any hope for, for Nuggets fans, at least you're not owned by the Momforts. That's, that's the one glimmer of hope. You are owned by the Cronkies, however, and <laughs> it's not much better. Um, yeah, so obviously the Nuggets are on kind of a hot streak, right? They get a big win against Utah surprising big win. Riley and I were very negative on the pod, by the way. Riley's not going to be here today. I totally forgot to mention that. Um, yeah, she's taking a day off because schoolwork has been crazy for her. So she's going to get some rest. Also, we typically record pretty late at night and um, she is living on the East Coast now. So late at night for me is really late for her. So um, yeah, we couldn't make it work tonight, but she'll be back next week for the pod. I really wanted to have her here today for this one because um, we're going to talk about several really important topics and really fun topics, but I mean, the first being just that I, I think we owe, Riley and I both owed the Nuggets an apology. We didn't think they were going to make it out of that road trip with any wins the way it looked like they were playing. Um, big kudos or whatever you want to call it, shout outs to... Jamichael Green and Michael Porter Jr., their return clearly affected the um, the chemistry on, in that second unit. Um, Michael Porter Jr. goes off. There's lots of good things going on on the court um, for the Nuggets in this, in this last few uh, games. And, of course, that Utah game that you didn't really think they were going to – I mean, I didn't think for sure after the night before we're hearing about the Jazz shooting – the best three-point percentage and all this stuff and how great they are and knowing that the Nuggets struggled to defend the three-point line. Um, I sure as hell didn't think they were going to actually pull it out, but they did. Uh, they played really well. So we're going to get into lots of lots of fun topics. I don't think that that totally fixes everything that we were talking about with the Nuggets prior to this road trip. I think there's still going to be some team chemistry issues. I think Malone uh, needs to figure out some of the rotations, and um, it's not that the ro- he needs to figure out who is the right rotations. I think he knows which guys fit well together because he plays them together, right? But it's almost like he's never—he's either too late on pulling them out, or too early, or he pulls them when they're hot, and it doesn't really make sense to me. Um, I wish that he would be more comfortable with everyone making mistakes. Mistakes are learning opportunities. I wish he would be a little bit more leaning towards that side of um, of the game because at this point, I think you can trust this Nuggets team and that kind of the Jamal Murray-Nikola Jokic duo, especially when it comes to like crunch time or playoff time, but but these other guys kind of need to find a, get a chance to just run minutes together. Like They don't even know how to play with each other. We're rarely through... Um, a quarter of the season and 
I feel like there's still like some lineups who don't get run very often. So uh, especially when Michael Porter Jr. has been out for as long as he's been out, when Jermichael Green's been out for as long as he's been out, there's been big chunks missing there. So it's almost like some of this chemistry like is on needs to just have more time to develop. One of the biggest things probably that needs to be talked about and needs to be remembered moving forward into this next kind of chunk of games is that injuries are starting to really pile up for this team. Um, PJ Dozier goes out um, on that road trip with a right hamstring strain. Actually, interestingly enough, last February, February 2020, he was also out with a right um gosh was it a right hip right hip and trunk contusion so february not pj's month apparently um but you also have gary harris go down and now you have two players who are kind of stronger defensively guys you can trust on the defensive end of the floor going out um due to injury Gary going down with a groin hip abductor in injury is really, really concerning. <clears throat> Mostly because it is not the first time and it is uh, it is not a good sign. So when you have an abductor strain, um, it's usually caused by a groin injury that is primarily the cause, which is why it's probably listed as both. Um, here are some risk factors for straining an abductor, which is the, um, the muscle actually isn't in your abs like it might sound. It's a hip abductor, you know, so um, they sit around the side of your hip. So it's kind of your abs, but it's more like that outer, sorry, outer side. Um, <clears throat> but some of the factors that cause uh, risk in likelihood of an abductor strain let's hear him previous hip or groin injuries which gary has age which isn't in his favor i mean he's not old by any means but he's not as young as he was last year is all i'm saying and so age is in no one's favor really because we're always getting older weep weak abductors uh, I'm not sure that I would think Gary Harris has weak abductors. He doesn't look weak to me in any way. Muscle fatigue. There could be fatigue for sure. Decreased range of, most, of motion. Um, it could also be caused from inadequate stretching, which is interesting because I think there is quite a pattern with Gary Um I've seen his warm-up. He does a lot of banded work. He... Um, will do a lot of like what seems like hip stretches or balancing on one leg with a band. So I don't know that he's not stretching enough. I'm just wondering if if he's maybe the way that he's going about his warm-up routine is not warming up that area enough or stretching out it out enough. But when you look back at it, he has had a, um, gosh, he's had 18 injuries from 2017 to 2021. Um, he's got his left abductor, abductor right now. He had a hip injury in July. Last January, he had an abductor injury. And then, I mean, he has injuries within the middle there too, in between there. But then 
I'm just reading off the ones that are specifically groin, abductor, or hip related because that's all kind of the same area. Um, in February of 2019, he had a groin injury. In December of 2018, he had, at the beginning and end of December, he had a hip injury. Um, it's just a lot, a lot of injuries to the same location. I think this does not look great. Not that the training staff can, uh, can prevent everything, but I don't think it's a great pattern to be showing with, with Gary. Um, obviously like one party could say, well, it's cause of the person who we're dealing with and whatever that's specific to, to his body, um, or whatever, blame it on one person. But you can also, I think when you have an MBA team, you you're hoping that your training staff has a unique set of skills that know how to kind of adjust so that they can better stretch Gary in a way that will prevent these kind of injuries. I'm sure they're trying everything they can. It's, I'm That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying maybe they need to try something different because clearly it's not working. There's way too many, way too often, almost every year around this time, Gary has been out with similar um, injuries, and it's just not good. Gary definitely didn't come back from his last... Um, in 2019, his groin injury, or in 2020, um, he didn't really come back from the last groin injury very well. The last time he had this abductor strain, it really seemed to affect his explosiveness at the rim. And so I think that's a big bummer because Gary was really kind of starting to heat up. Uh, we were starting to think like, can we trust Gary Harris? And now it's like, we can't even figure out if we could because He's going to be out for some time again. And when he comes back, we don't really know if he's going to be able to just pick up where he left off because he hasn't in the past. So if we're going off of what we've seen so far, we can only assume that it'll be a tough return for him. Disappointing for sure. Wow, I can't believe I've gone this long on the pod without even mentioning that Nikola Jokic is the NBA Western Conference Player of the Month, you guys. Gosh, it feels good to be right sometimes. Actually, I was super wrong about Nikola Jokic. To be honest with you guys, when he first came to Denver, I was just like, um, I'm so confused by him. Like, he doesn't play like a center, and I was very, very unsure of how it would work, um with Nicola kind of running the offense through him. Um, and I also think, you know, my analysis of basketball and my um, opinions about what's best for the game have changed over time. I still don't, I still bet against LeBron, which I'm just a dumbass for doing that. But um, I've come around on Nikola Jokic. The more I got to see him play, the more obvious it was that you have to come around on him. Honestly, if you don't follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, you probably should be because a lot of funny stuff happens on there. Um, a lot of fun content as well. But on my TikTok this last week, I pissed off a lot of Sixers fans. Sixers fans do not like me. They like called me so many names. They There were a few people who were like, I can't believe you even, uh, did you just for the first time realize what advanced stats were? It was hilarious, you guys. You should really go check it out. 
Um, uh, it was really funny how, how defensive they got. But, I mean, Nicola is named Western Conference Player of the Month. And, of course, none other than Joel Embiid is named Eastern Conference Player of the Month. So uh, it kind of just feeds into this argument that's being had on my TikTok now, which is just crazy because now it's just people going back and forth at each other and screaming at each other when, let's be honest, I wasn't trying to say that Joel Embiid is not a good player. That's absolutely not what I was trying to say. Joel Embiid is a great player. He's a phenomenal player. He is good at basketball. Nikola Jokic is also phenomenal. Nikola Jokic is also good at basketball. They're both really good at basketball, and they're both redefining what it means to be a center in today's NBA, and I think that's, like, the biggest accomplishment for both of them, in my opinion, is just, like, the fact that the NBA for the last several years has just been so focused on guards and um, shooting ability and everything, and instead of letting that, you know, necessarily like I mean there have been a lot of centers a lot of players we talked about a few of them on last week's pod like Kenneth Fareed who are no longer in the the game because the game had changed so much and um, I think it's beautiful to watch some centers guys who you wouldn't think would be the center of today's game and they are and that's what's really fun about both these players um if Riley had been here, obviously we would have done a Royal Rumble of our own and gone at it. And I'm guessing Riley would have said that Joel Embiid is better than Nikola Jokic, which is just crazy. Um, she might not have, though. I don't know. I didn't actually get a chance to ask her because we hadn't got a chance to catch up this week yet. But I did some research, guys. And one of the reasons why the TikTok people are mad at me is because I posted one stat, and I didn't post many stats. They thought that it's not fair to use one stat um, to compare two players. And I can agree with that. I definitely can agree with that. So I'm going to give you lots of stats, and then you guys can decide. The stat that I did um, post on TikTok was TPA, total points added, right? So they look at offensive points added, uh, by a player and then defensive points saved and that's how they calculate your total points added. Nikola Jokic leads that um leads that uh that statistic by a lot. Like a lot. The next guy behind him is Luka Doncic and I think he's like 32 points behind. So it's not a small amount. Um and I mean, I posted the graphic that <laughs> that um, NBA Math did, and it was um, controversial, to say the least. People did not like that. They did not like to see, because it also has Jokic listed higher defensively than it has Joel Embiid, and that really made people upset, because, you know, one stat cannot tell the whole story, and focusing on just stats is not good either, because then... You're not getting the whole picture of the game. Um, you're maybe not really seeing everything uh, there is to see about a player's defense. Now, I'm not saying that Jamal Mar that that Nikola Jokic is a better defender than Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is 
scary. I've been sitting courtside when he walks by, and he is ginormous. He's definitely scarier than Nikola Jokic is in the paint. I'm sure that guys are scared of him. I'm not saying they're not by any means, but I will say there are some things that you should know, right? Like, for example, defensive rebounds. That's a defensive stat. It's not necessarily defense, like guarding a player, but it's a defensive stat. Guess who wins in that category this year? Nikola Jokic, 171 to Joel Embiid's 148 defensive rebounds. Shocking. Shocked me also. I would have thought Joel Embiid would have won that category, but he doesn't. Um, steals, uh, also another category uh, to check out. In steals, um, it looks like Nikola has 35 this year. Uh, Joel Embiid has 19. A lot more from Nikola. A lot more. So there are a few different ways that you can kind of look at this. Those are not all the defensive stats. Don't worry. Defensive rating-wise, though, per 100 possessions, which, okay, the reason I looked up per 100 possessions is to make because Joel Embiid has uh, played fewer games this season. So I'm just looking at 2021. Joel Embiid has played 16 games. Jokic has played 20. Um, so to make that a more even playing field, I changed the category to uh, per 100 possessions, how did they play? Um, per 100 possessions, Nikola Jokic has a defensive rating of 108 and Joel Embiid has 103, right? So there are some things Joel Embiid does better than Nikola. First of all, his usage is higher, which means that more of the plays for the Sixers are run through Joel Embiid. Nikola plays more minutes than Joel, not by much, like four minutes, five minutes more than Joel does in a game. But when Joel's on the floor, more of the possessions are run through Embiid. Um, meaning Embiid gets a lot of shots up. He shoots better from three-point range. Um, he takes more shots as well, though. And that's one thing that I think when you look at these two players and you're, you're talking about better, if you had to pick one, it really is more about what you value. Do you value efficiency? If you do, Nikola Jokic is a bit more efficient. Not by much, but a little bit more efficient. I also wanted to point out that, and I definitely pointed it out on Twitter, so if you follow me there, you've already seen this, but Nikola Jokic gets far less whistles than Joel Embiid. Embiid gets a lot more whistles than Nikola Jokic. He shoots a lot more free throws than Nikola Jokic. And Jokic is more, um, or I think Joel Embiid actually has a higher free throw um, percentage, but he does shoot a lot more too, um, which kind of shows some of the, you know, small town, big town bias. Like Joel gets a big time whistle because he's a, quote-unquote all-star even though Nicola is also an all-star just from a smaller market and nobody pays attention to him because he's not really like in your face or I don't know he's not really one of those guys like he's not even 
you see more Jamal Murray representing the Nuggets on like NBA commercials than you do Nikola Jokic, even though Nikola is the person they run their offense through, the person that's like needs to be on the floor, otherwise they will suck. Um, he's definitely probably a bit more important than Jamal Murray is to this team still. Um, but I did want to address one of the other concerns people had. Concerns is me being nice about what they voiced and how rudely they voiced it on TikTok. But whatever, it's TikTok. I don't care. Um, and I loved that everybody engaged in the argument. So that was fun to just see the different arguments and look into it and, you know, kind of make my own decision. So go check it out again. If you don't already follow me, titter, Twitter, Twitter, um, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, it's all Vida Viva Diva. So you can follow everything that I do there. Um, but yeah, I wanted to address like some of the criticism. So one of the things that was said was that, um, well, Nicola doesn't get the whistle because he's not aggressive, as aggressive as Joel is on offense. Um, I would say if you watch the games, Nicola's arms are scratched up. His like, they're always bright red and bloody. Like it's very strange. It's, it's very strange. Not to say that Joel's arms aren't cut up. You probably can't see them being as red or whatever, just because of his skin complexion. But I mean, you can't even tell, I can't, I don't even bruise. So, um, I don't think that that, that's necessarily an, a good comparison, but I know that Nicola gets gets hit. Is what I'm trying to say. If you watch the games, you you can see there's visible like marks on him that he's been getting hit and in the paint. And so I don't know that him not being aggressive is like the reason why he wouldn't get calls. Like a foul is a foul. He should get the call if it's a foul, whether he was being aggressive or not. Um, but their biggest thing was like, oh, well, he doesn't take as many mid-range jump shots and et cetera. So I looked at those kind of shot distance splits and um, they're really close. It's kind of crazy to see just how um, similar these two players are, which is really fun. It would be really great to see them in a playoff matchup. But um, Nicola takes most of his shots between three to 10 feet, which is a little bit less than what I would consider mid-range. Um, in that area, he shoots about 57% from 3 to 10 feet, where Joel shoots just 41% in that area. At the rim, Joel's a little bit better. He shoots 77%, where Nicola is just at 76. Um, and then in that mid-range, right, like kind of like 10 to 16 feet, um, he's Nicola is shooting about 54% where Joel is shooting 49. So if this person's, you know, queja, that I guess in, in English, that would be like their complaint with me or their, their disagreement in my argument, you know, it was that, well, Joel's more aggressive in his mid range and he gets sh more shots up in the mid range and, um, and he gets fouled on those shots, like maybe he's shooting less efficiently from that area because he's getting fouled, I guess. But Jokic is shooting better than Joel from mid-range. Um, and then from 16 to 3, um, to the three-point line, you're getting 
from Joel, you're getting 62%, which is actually much higher than where Nicola, Nicola doesn't really take that many shots in that range. He only has 21 buckets in that range this season. So, um, he's only shooting 50, 52%. So again, not bad. And then again, um, from three point range, Joel shoots, um, a little bit better, quite a bit better. I, I guess you could say, um, 40% from three-point range. Nicola is just at 38, so a little bit better. Um, but Nicola actually has taken more three-pointers than Joel um, this season, so there's also that. Um, I mean, I don't even know what other stats to compare, how like to share with you guys, because there's so many different things that we could do to compare these two players. Um, I could give you their per 36 minutes. Um, Joel has more points per 36. That's true. He has more points. Um, and he has fewer turnovers cause the ball doesn't, um, I mean, I, a lot of plays run through Joel, uh, and a lot, he has a lot more of his shots go up unassisted than Nicola's do, but Nicola has a lot of turnovers. I think not all totally to his fault. Some of his passes are just too creative for his teammates. Per 36, Joel out-rebounds Nicola with 12.7. Nicola's at 11.8. Per game, they're both at 11. Um, Well, Nicola's at 11.8, Joel's at 11.1, but still similar. Um, And then if you look at uh, defensive rebounds per 36, Joel is higher. So per 36, his minutes do get better, right? And that's just another way to kind of examine two players who are similar um, and who play similar amount of minutes. They're not that distant from their per game minutes. They're not that different from their per 100 possession minutes. They're very slightly different. Um, for example, their three point possession or three point percentage per 36 is exactly the same as per 100 possessions. And it's exactly the same as their per game possessions, which really for me, indicates just how similar these two players are. Um, They have similar roles on their team. Like, a lot of offenses run through them. They're also big men. They're also, um, I mean, I guess the greatest difference is defense, and that's, I think, a lot of people are giving Jokic a lot of crap for, like, maybe not being as good as Joel Embiid on defense. Obviously, he's not as good as Joel Embiid on defense. Joel is a great defender, Jokic has not been abysmal on defense, though. And, like, for that to be kind of the narrative is like, oh, well, he's terrible on defense. Well, not per 100 possessions. Um, You know, not – he's not been that bad on defense this year. He's been much better. Um, So there's a lot of ways to look at and compare it to players, and it's never fun to be like – Oh, okay. You know, to just sit in that argument, what I would like to say is that both these players are pretty awesome. In the month of January, Jokic 
ends up averaging 27.3 points, uh, 11.8 rebounds, 7.3 assists, and um, Joel is at 28.9 points, 10 rebounds. So um, it's, I mean, it's great to see that kind of competition, and I do hope that that both uh, that we get to see a, a playoff game or series between these guys. Um, a couple things to note about differences about this team. Um, first, the Nuggets play at the third slowest play- pace in the league. They're slightly ahead of the Knicks and the Clippers. Um, those guys play a little bit slower. The Sixers are the seventh... Um, um, excuse me, the sixth, is it the sixth? Yeah, the sixth in pace in the league this year. So the Sixers play at a much faster pace, um, which means more opportunities to score, which is part of how Embiid has a higher usage. Uh, they also are sixth in player impact estimate, but Nikola Jokic is high, listed like individually as higher in player impact estimate than Embiid. Um, he, I mean, it's slight, slightly higher, and I feel like it changes every other day. It's like they're kind of flopping back and forth. But um, the fact that the Sixers are sixth in player uh, impact estimate, the Nuggets are actually seventh. So the, these two teams are so similar in, in a lot of ways. Um, I do think that the Sixers have better defense overall. It seems like the Sixers have better chemistry overall this year than the Nuggets have. Um, seems like they're they're kind of getting along very well. Seems like they're meshing well on the court, especially Embiid and Simmons. Um, with Curry out there, they're playing pretty great. So uh, I think really when it comes down to it, these two players are awesome players and centers, and obviously they deserve to be recognized as, as they were by play, being NBA Players of the Month. Um, but their teams are also quite similar, and I would probably give the edge to the Sixers right now. They have more chemistry on the court. Uh, their two-man game with Embiid and Simmons is going a little bit better than Jokic and Murray's has started off the season. I think Murray's just off to a slow start, but he'll get there. Um, but again... Most importantly, I just want to see these two teams match up in a playoff series. Although Sixers fans are mean. I mean, I've never guess I've never said anything really that horrible about a Nuggets player. Although I did get crap from Nuggets fans for uh, saying that Gary Harris wasn't as great of an impact um, in the positive impact, you know, column, I guess I did say that and people did not like that. So um, but they were not nearly as mean as Sixers fans were to me on my TikTok. They definitely thought I was stupid and did not know anything I was talking about. It's not the first time I have read advanced stats. No, um, whatever your name was on TikTok, that's not the case. But I get it. You know, I did say that people who think Nikola Jokic isn't the best center in the league are weird. And so I deserved all of your wrath. Um, I just think that Nicola is a little bit more efficient. Don't get me wrong. I would not mind having Joel Embiid on my team. Um, but I think there's a couple things that sway me towards Jokic a little bit more. One in particular being that he hasn't missed a game since 2017. The man does not get injured. He's focused. 
Joel Embiid, on the other hand, we know struggles with injury. So if it came down to like, I got to pick one of the two, I'm going with Jokic because he's a little bit more reliable. He does not get injured. And so I know that he's going to be there game in, game out. Not to mention he's on a 20 game double, double streak. Like he has not, not had a double, double this year. Every single game he has had a double, double. That's incredible. Um, so when I say he's consistent, you know what you're going to get every night, you know what you're going to get every night. Um, which hasn't always been the case for Nikola Jokic. Like I can't say that that's always, um, been a thing. There's been seasons, including last season where he did not come out strong in the first few, um, like the first several games, maybe the first month or two, he always had like this slump back into the season. And I do think that this has, this shortened off season really did help him quite a bit, stay in shape, help him kind of keep focused on on work a little bit more than he would in a normal off season. I will say, um, you know, all star voting is happening. Um, I don't really know if I I can get behind an all star game re- during the middle of a pandemic. I guess we're not in the middle. Hopefully, we're towards the end. But I haven't heard any update on that. <laughs> um, uh, it feels like we're still in the middle of it, and I don't know. I think players probably need more of a break than they need an all-star game. And so I guess if the players want to do it and they want to make their money, they they should get to be included. But I think Nicola, when he was asked about the all-star game the first um, kind of night that voting opened up, he was like, oh, you know, I kind of would like a rest. And, and I think it'd be nice to get him a little bit of a rest. I know that he'll probably get voted in and I obviously we want him to be voted in. Like we want him to get his respect because that's what we're always frustrated about. But if he wants to rest, then I guess we shouldn't care. You know, we should, I I just don't know that we should care about Nicola being in the all-star game. If Nicola doesn't care if he's in the all-star game and not like, I don't care. Like I'm not going to play hard, but like, it's just not an accolade that he like cares about. Like it's like homecoming King, you know, like I know a lot of people who really wanted to be that. And I know a lot of people who really could have cared less and they were like, it it didn't matter. That didn't have any indication of whether they were good at their sport or their craft or whether they were popular or not. It was just like certain people just, it wasn't their thing. And I don't think that, the all-star game is really Nicola's thing, not to mention he's tired. You can't blame him. So, yeah, it seems a little bit unethical for me, the whole all-star game situation and the fact that it's in Atlanta and there can be fans there and, like, I don't know. just seems like we're asking for big crowds and I would really like to go back to life to be normal soon. So I'm not really sure uh, how I feel about the whole thing, but, hey... If you think Nikola Jokic is an all-star, which he is, make sure you're voting for him on a regular day basis. If you want him to represent the great state of Colorado and the Denver Nuggets, make sure you're voting for him daily. I know Jamal Murray is looking to get a little bit of an all-star push. Um, I think his slow start is going to kind of affect whether he can become an all-star this year. I don't know that people are going to be forgiving about the slow start and I'm not sure how much time there is right for him to play a few more games and kind of maybe a little bit play a little bit louder to get a little more votes but I do think that the bubble 
lives in a lot of people's heads and he was pretty amazing in the bubble. So who knows, maybe he gets a, a big push from the rest of the country because uh, I know at least from my conversations with Riley, she knew who Jamal Murray was and she didn't know much else about who the nuggets were. So the bubble lives on in people's memories and long live the bubble for sure. Long live J- J- Jamal Murray, long live bubble Murray for sure. Uh, that's what I meant. Long live bubble Murray. That's what we want to see. So hopefully he can get a little push in there, but I'm not sure that I, I definitely said earlier this year already that I didn't think that he, he'd be able to do it. I don't think that he'll get the votes. There's just so much competition at that position. Um, in the West. So it's, it's a tough, tough gig in the East. I don't know that he would get voted in the East either, to be honest with you. So anyways, that's going to do it for me on this episode of the chicken nuggets podcast on Denver stiffs. You can check out me and all the work that I do at Vita Viva Diva. I super really appreciate everybody who's been following, everybody who contributes to the podcast, whether that's by commenting or engaging or just downloading and listening. Subscribe to the podcast, unsubscribe. I really appreciate it. Um, Leave, rate rate and review if you'd like. Uh, Unless you're a Sixers fan who's just going to call me stupid again, then maybe... Do that thing your mom told you, and if you have nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. I don't know. <laughs> it's fine if you want to. If you want to criticize me too, that's totally fine. I can handle it. I'm really a big girl. Um, <laughs> but definitely check out all of the social meds so that you can interact with me and more of the work that I'm doing covering the Nuggets. I love chatting with you guys. Send me a pic of the the fact that you subscribe to the podcast and I'll give you a shout out for sure. So that's Vita Viva Diva on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.